0: sports fans rejoice you're listening to my team my voice with mtmv sports hey this is basil jackson of the calgary stampeders and you're listening to mtmv sports keep it locked fight And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice, as always. Let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Bellator looks like they're coming back. And not just Bellator, but it looks like a bevy of MMA organizations are coming out to play. Now, Bellator, they're coming back to the future. They cancelled a closed door event in Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut on March 15th. Now sources say that they may host their first event since that cancelled card right back there in that venue on July 24th. Rising will have back-to-back night of fights. That'll take place in August, beginning of August, so Rising 22 starting over. On August 9th and then rising 23 calling over August 10th I don't get the whole calling over thing starting over yet, but calling over eh I think it's a stretch either way it goes both of those bouts will have or I should say both of those cards will have 7 bouts apiece but it won't be in the Saitama Super Arena as most of their cards are it'll be at Pia Arena MM in Yokohama Japan unlike the UFC bouts that are being put on right now Ryzen will have fans in attendance they can seat about 50% of the capacity of that arena to allow for social distancing but people will be there as the fights take place Kombache America they're looking to make a comeback too there's later on in August they've got about scheduled In Miami In a closed studio August 28th One Championship has scheduled A couple Muay Thai Championship bouts For No Surrender In Bangkok, Thailand On July 31st There haven't been any MMA matches Announced for that card yet But Sage Northcutt Wants to fight on the same card As his sister Kobe Northcutt They're both in One Championship right now I know Sage got his whole stuff broke up. (laughs) They did not do him any favors putting him in against Cosmo Alessandre. I don't really know what Kobe's record is in one. I feel like she may have won one or lost one. Either way it goes, they want to fight on the same card. At least Sage wants to fight on the same card as Kobe. It wouldn't be a first for the promotion as they actually currently have a brother and sister championship team. As Christian Lee and Angela Lee fight under the one banner, Christian is their lightweight champion and Angela is their Adamweight champion. Alright, let's go into our prayer list for this episode. We'll start off with Mike Brown, Gilbert Burns, Pedro Munoz, and all of those dealing with the impact of COVID-19, including the Nurmagomedov family uh, with the loss of their patriarch, the father of UFC lightweight champion Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, Abdulmanab Nurmagomedov. He really paved the way for MMA in Dagestan. There are a couple of fighters who will not be participating in fights on Fight Island because of Abdulmanop's past again we're praying for all those impacted uh, whether it's been to that extreme or just the extreme of I have this I didn't know I had it I'm asymptomatic but now I'm losing out on a payday because I cannot participate in the fight camp also praying for Pat militich who got a DUI on June 29th, which was a Monday night, just a regular old Monday night, and he got a DUI. Don't know what was going on. Could have been a birthday. Don't know. Unfortunately, it's not his first infraction, as he was charged with the same thing in March of 2019. Mike Perry has been in the news and not in a good way. He pulled a Conor McGregor kind of deal, but worse. Obviously in a drunken rage he punched a senior citizen knocking him down to the ground and putting him in the hospital. Supposedly he also hit a female in that restaurant that they were asking him to leave which is what caused all the issues. Perry was charged with a class A misdemeanor assault case. But the arrest warrant hadn't been issued as of yet, Again, praying for him, praying for those around him, praying for those he struck, it's just not a good situation, and yeah, praying for them, they they all need help, specifically there. Now the UFC had this to say about the situation, quote, UFC is aware and troubled by the video that was released last night concerning Mike Perry. The conduct displayed by Perry is not reflective of that of our organization. Perry apologized for his behavior and acknowledged he was disappointed with himself. His actions may have reflected poorly on the UFC. I'm going to pause real quick before I continue reading the quote. Who cares about how it impacts the UFC? Hopefully, he's disappointed in himself for just doing something stupid that reflects poorly on him but this is the ufc statement we don't know haven't heard anything from mike Perry as of yet but yeah who cares how it looks about the ufc he's a person and he obviously needs help let's pick things back up he further acknowledged that he believes he has some issues related to alcohol abuse and has informed ufc that he has committed to immediately seek professional treatment including substance and behavioral counseling at this time UFC has informed Perry that he will not be offered about and the parties have agreed to evaluate next steps for Perry following the completion of the treatment program end quote so that's encouraging that the UFC isn't just kind of leaving them out to dry but that they're saying, look, you need help. We want to make sure that you get help. We're not going to enable you by giving you more fights so that you can make money and and continue to wild out. Like he said, he was like, you know, I want to go big time and and do different things and, you know, I want to party. Well, that's not a good thing. And hopefully this will help. Now in brighter news. Birthdays for this week, we have Shamrock FC's visionary, Jesse Finney. Former Strikeforce, Invictus, UFC, and current Bellator featherweight champion, Chris Cyborg. One championship, Adam Weight champion, who we spoke about just a moment ago, Angela Unstoppable Lee. Former UFC bandweight champ, Cody Love Garbrandt kickboxing great and head trainer for Thug Rose Pat H.D. Berry former boxing champ and MMA practitioner Anna the Hurricane Houlton and tough 27 teammates with the same birthday Joe Giannetti and the violent Bob Ross Luis Pangu. that does it for headlines and hot takes up next some sweet science conversation in the old one-two. Hey yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, aka Boopy, and you listening to MTMB Sports Scat. Able- Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one-two. And in boxing news this week, Matchroom Boxing is hosting a backyard boxing event. They're calling it Fight Camp, kind of like their own Fight Island, but it will be behind their headquarters, which I believe is Eddie Hearn's house. That will start July 25th with a show every single week for a month, culminating with the Dillian White-Alexander Povetkin heavyweight fight. That's not all, though, as they will host their first post-COVID U.S. card in Tulsa on August 15th. It's headlined by a WBC flyweight title fight between McWilliams Arroyo and Julio Cesar Martinez. Plus, Cecilia Breakers will be putting her WBC welterweight title on the line versus Jessica McCaskill shakur stevenson's first fight since the quarantine was at 130 pounds a lot of fighters especially within boxing have been doing catch weight bouts or been fighting at a weight class above what they would normally fight at just due to the restrictions of the quarantine not being able to get the kind of campaign that they want to and things of that nature well shakur said after that fight that if he couldn't get a unification bout against ibf champ josh warrington he would vacate the wbo title and stay a junior lightweight a man of his word upon finding out that warrington opted for a kanju fight stevenson decided he's staying at 130 pounds at least for now marcellus wilder stated that an autopsy report showed a dent on the side of his brother Deontay's head was caused by a blunt object in the last fight. This proves that Tyson Fury had loaded gloves, at least to Marcellus he did. I've heard that Michael Spinks has a knot on his head from the brief encounter he had with Tyson decades ago. I'm not saying it's impossible for Wilder to have a dent, but I'm confident of two things. One, the results were not obtained from an autopsy. That's number one. Number two, it didn't come from a loaded glove. Not with how the boxing commissions watch everything. And not just the commissions. The opposing fighters camps are in there as the hands are being wrapped. And the gloves are like detailed in their examination sealed until the day pulled out signed on by the association yeah there weren't any loaded gloves now on Tuesday July 14th Jamel Herring will face Jonathan Okendo Arnaldi this fight was rescheduled due to a positive coronavirus test for Simplify. against the advice of his handlers he's still putting his WBO junior lightweight title on the line side note shakur stevenson feels like he should be a number one contender for whoever the winner of this fight is now the co-main event on that fight card pits another covid19 rescheduled matchup between michaela Mayer and helen joseph they will compete in a 10-round junior lightweight bout on tuesday july 21st another 10-round junior lightweight bout has been scheduled between oscar valdez and jason velez on friday july 24th golden boy hosts its first post quarantine fight card it'll be headlined by one who many view as a consensus 2019 prospect of the year virgil ortiz jr he'll be taking on samuel vargas at welterweight this card will take place at fantasy springs resort and casino in indio california and will be the first time in a long time that the zone will broadcast a live sporting event well let me not say that they've got cricket and snooker and some other things that are out there maybe some darts i don't know because i have not logged into the zone in forever because there have been no fights And we're finally getting fights. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, on that card, Shane Mosley Jr. will be a featured fighter. All right, time to step back through the ropes and out of the squared circle. Next, we'll get in a little cage time on the MTMV main card. Keep it locked. Yo, yo, if I said it, then I meant it. There's life and death inside of the tongue, sharper than a two-edged sword. Which side do you want? Big dog, Christ-blooded. Yo, you probably your run. When we touch down, we kicking it. You probably your putt. It's real. Look, look, this your boy Jarrell Golden, man, CEO of Imago Day Records, and I'm chilling with MTMV Sports, and I suggest that you keep it locked. 48 coming soon, too. Be ready. man, humble. When combat is waged within the confines of a chain link fence, you know it's cage time. For this main card, I'm going to cover the main event and the Voices marquee matchup for each of the Fight Island cards, with the exception of UFC 251. That's going to get the main card true. So we'll start off with the Wednesday Night card on july 15th which is headlined by 21 and 4 calvin the boston finisher cater he faces dan 50k ige 50k is from hawaii trains out of extreme Couture in vegas and is a dana white contender series alum he lost his ufc debut but has run off five straight since then including beating edson barboza mersad becknick and kevin aguilar over his last three over that same time frame the boston finisher is three and two but got back on the winning track by knocking out jeremy stevens in his last outing. that moved his ko total to 11. now he probably won't get to 12 in this one as inge has never been stopped a win for calvin keeps him with a number beside his name a win for 50k that's six in a row, and it should get him an even bigger name in a stacked featherweight division. The voices marking matchup for this card pits 10 and 1, Abdul Razak Alhassan, Judo Thunder, that's right, versus 9 and 1, the sniper Munir Lazez. Both are 4 and 1 over the last five. This is the first fight for the Ghanaian Al Hassan, in nearly two years. He was on our prayer list because of a rape accusation which the court threw out recently. All 10 of his victories have come by knockout. The Sniper's making his UFC debut. He trains out of Team Noguera Dubai and all of his fights thus far have been in the Middle Eastern region. Like his opponent, he has a penchant for stopping his foes with strikes and has only... Gone to the judges once in victory. The fight has the greatest potential for producing a highlight that makes this the voice marking matchup for this card. The July 18th card is headlined by a rematch for the featherweight title that was vacated by Henry Sahudo. 18 and 1, Devison. Days together, Figueredo faces 28 and 6 Joseph Jojitsu Benavidez again Joe B heard that Figueredo was talking smack about headbutting him now he wants to hurt him he said it feels like groundhog day because he's trained so many times for title fights and he just has to keep doing it until he gets it right well We'll finally see if he's able to get it right this time because if he can't, that's got to be it, fam. Both of these fighters were swinging for the fences in the first matchup. Chojitsu won round one, but the pace was so high, he was throwing so wildly, he was bound to fade. Davidson came in extra heavy last time. Will the travel complicate him making weight this time? Is it possible that it may be easier in Yaz Island because of the heat and humidity for him that make weight? His devastating knockout of Benavidez last time makes him really the uncrowned champion, but he needs to have a excellent showing, a definitive showing this time to leave no doubt who's the flyweight king. The fate of the division really is in the hands of these two men. If it's a lackluster fight, or if there's more question marks, this division, which has been on the chopping block over the past two years or so, make it the axe. The voices marquee matchup for that card is the curtain jerker for the main card between 22 and 4, Alexandre, the cannibal Pantosia, and the undefeated. 11-0-1, Oscar The Bullet Askarov. This is a flyweight bout and this matchup was booked just in case someone in the main event couldn't go. Pantoja was told, look, you're going to fill in for either one of the combatants if they were to fall off. Now, Askarov came into the UFC with much fanfare. He was an ACP champion. Bullet is a ground specialist with all kinds of crazy submissions including a twister he knocked out three of his opponents as well and really is a poster child for being able to overcome adversity as he is deaf only one of his victories has been by decision but he did fight to a draw in his UFC debut versus assassin baby Brandon Moreno he rebounded with a victory over Tim Elliott and he's looking to stay undefeated against Pantoja. The Cannibal is a tough 24 alum with twice as much experience as Oscar and he can do it anywhere. He's got 16 victories by stoppage; Half of those were by submission. The other half were by knockout giving him an overall 72% finishing rate he's shown that he can tough it out and go the distance as well. The possible title fight implications combined with the high-level artistry is what makes this the Voices Marquee matchup. The UFC is closing Fight Island on July 25th the same way they opened it, with a bang. You've got Shogun and Lil Nog in the co-main event, which will be Lil Nog's swan song. The Voices Marquee matchup is a heavyweight debut of the three-time light heavyweight title challenger Alexander the Mahler Gustafsson versus former heavyweight champ Fabricio Vicavallo Verdun. Both fighters are in need of a victory, being two and three over their last five, and they're both riding to fight losing streaks. Alexander's trying to reinvent himself at heavyweight after retiring last year. Many of the things that gave him advantages at light heavyweight like reach and power may no longer be advantages at this new weight class. He's only an inch taller than the former champ and everyone at heavyweight can crack. He should have the speed advantage which would be very beneficial. Verdun, he's going to look to get this one to the ground. He's Krokov's former BJJ coach, a multiple-time gold medalist at ADCC, which means he's right at home competing in Abu Dhabi. Between Verdun's USADA suspensions, his off-color remarks, and his so-so record, a loss, and he could be looking for a new organization to fight for. In the main event, it's a middleweight bounce between former champion Robert the Reaper Whitaker and former welterweight title challenger Darren the Gorilla Till. This is the first bout that the Reaper has had since losing his title to Izzy last year. There were a lot of rumors surrounding his absence from competition, but he stated recently that he just needed a break between all the camps that he trained for. His inability to fight multiple times, like back-to-back times due to illness and injuries. He's just been going non-stop for years. It looks like he's been matched up in such a way after getting back in the title picture versus Till, the gorilla was undefeated until facing tyron woodley for the championship in his next bout masvidal gave him his first ko loss then sir leon Ed was a three-piece in the soda till was always big for the division so it was logical for him to move up and wait since doing so, he beat former interim title challenger, Kelvin Gastelum, who's on the undercard of the July 18th card. If Till can beat the former champ too, then he should be on the shortlist of contenders for the last style Let's take a pause for the cause and then get into the main event here on the MTNV main card. red corner you ready blue what about you well all right it's time for the main event in the main event for the mtmv main card episode 128 we're doing things a little differently instead of just covering one fight we're covering the entire main card for ufc 251 starting From the curtain jerk and working our way up Now I must Add a disclaimer I'm recording this In the morning I have not seen The weigh in results Or anything of that nature I checked around to see if Anything had come in before I started recording So if any of these Fights have fallen off the main card uh, Charge it to The time that I am recording This because I definitely don't want to give you all any poor information. Alright to my knowledge, the curtain jerker features Paige Van Zandt in the last bout of her UFC contract against Amanda Hebus. This is a flyweight bout. Most of Hebus' fights have been at strawweight. This one will be a flyweight and the only blemish on her record was a KO loss to fellow UFC vet. Pollyanna Vienna on the Brazilian regional circuit about 5 years ago she's run off 4 in a row since then 3 of those in the UFC including handing Mackenzie Dern her first loss seems like the UFC wants to build off Paige's name and remove any leverage that she may have for possible negotiations Paige has been very vocal about her dissatisfaction with Paige and claims to have made more for Dancing with the Stars than she has in her entire UFC career. That says a lot as her 46 to show, 46 to win contract was considerably higher than most fighters when she came into the UFC. With her husband in Bellator and that organization being owned by CBS Viacom, it's highly likely she'll join him there. And they'll probably have a reality show or something together on one of their networks the voices marking matchup is a rematch of a strawweight title fight from 2019 between now former champs Thug Rose Nama Eunice and Jessica Bate Estaca Andrade Thug Rose after she lost said that she was so relieved to no longer be the champion she echoed the feelings and the sentiments and the statements of people like Anderson Silva and GSP before her. These people who've gone on these long title reigns and they were just relieved to be free of that weight. Now Rose lost hers in only her second attempt at defending the belt. Her statement about it was very interesting. Now granted she had been through a lot. Had all the foolishness of UFC 222 with the dolly coming at her now she's fighting in brazil so yeah she was dealing with quite a bit she said that she feels good now though she's free of those things Uh, she's relieved not to be the champ she's just back to fighting for the love of fighting she even switched up things as far as her camp was concerned and went to minnesota versus doing it at home in colorado she said look i know i was beaten." the brakes off of her in that fight but i need to improve just because she was standing there and let me hit her doesn't mean that i don't need to improve which is a very sober observation and also <laughs> didn't say a whole lot about uh jessica who also said look i know i won the fight but i cannot fight like that one thing that does concern me about her mental state going into the fight, and I'm talking about Jessica Entrage, is that she said, I'm looking to move to Vegas. I want to take more short notice fights, and, and I'll fight at different weight classes. I'll uh, fight up at 125 or 135. I just I want to be more active, and I understand wanting to be more active, but when you're focused on moving and fights past the one that's in front of you, that's generally when you get messed up. This is also her first fight since losing the title. Both of the ladies, neither of them have fought anyone else since losing the title. For Rose, it's an immediate rematch. For Jessica, it's a rematch, one removed from being knocked out by Waeli Jean. This is the voice marking match because I want to see how does Jessica react how does rose react will rose be able to just pick up where she left off last time in just destroying jessica has jessica changed things up enough to as rose said not stand there and let her punch her so many different moving pieces there are a lot of title implications here as well especially for rose She's been looked at as one of the elite since the establishment of this division. She was on the Ultimate Fighter. She came in and fought for the belt for the first time. Didn't win, but fought for it. And Dana had tagged her as being in the line and in the likeness of Ronda Rousey. So, for Rose, if she can win, Rose and uh, Jean-Way Lee. Oh my goodness Man I want to see that fight But she's got to win over Jessica If Jessica wins Unfortunately Since she got smashed by Jean-Wei Lee That fight's not going to be made Anytime soon Which may be why she's saying Hey look I'd be willing to go up I'd be willing to do this And honestly for her If she wins this fight Moving up in weight to 125 would be a nice fresh matchup and that actually might be the move for her flyweight is a shallow division for both the men and the women and Shevchenko is a star so they need to feed her people to fight and who better than a former champion because she really has not been challenged from a power perspective outside of her fighting Amanda Nunez she probably will not have faced anyone who hits as hard as Jessica. Don't forget, she was knocking people out at 135 before she dropped down to 115. All of those things together is why this is the voice marking matchup. Because going forward, outside of the rest of the fights on the card, which are obviously for titles, this one carries the greatest weight. Alright, I just said all the rest of them are for titles. And the first title fight. Is Jose Aldo Jr. versus Piotr Jan for the recently vacated Bantamweight title. Aldo trains a novel his head coach and the person who's the visionary for that team Andre Dede Penares contracted COVID-19 which means he couldn't train or train others he couldn't be around. How did that impact Aldo's preparation? he was originally scheduled to face Cejudo who's an Olympic champion grappler and consistently improving upon the Golden Gloves background that he had to now facing Jan who also has a boxing background but an even greater one as a master of sport in Russia and he relies heavily on his striking prowess as a method to victory Aldo has had as many championship fights Yan has wins now. They trained together back in 2016. Yan came in and was there specifically to work on his ground game. Novo Yao is a famed gym for BJJ, so he came in to work on that. And Aldo was like, He was rough, he was kind of rough in his ground game, but they had an opportunity to train together at that point. Now, what Yan has said regarding Aldo is that. I don't see any changes in his game since then, since we were training together. Jan is facing a legend in Jose Aldo Jr., though. But this is the second legend and specifically the second WEC champ that he's facing in a row. He knocked Uriah Faber clean out. I mean, just thoroughly outclassed him after Faber had just come back from retirement and looked phenomenal against Ricky Simone. With Aldo being 2-3 and of his last five, it seems like the matchmakers are feeding the old line to the young line. And it seemed that way in Aldo's last fight too, which was very close. But, Aldo lost a split decision. Can Aldo add more shine to his legendary resume by capturing gold in the second weight class that he's competed in? Or, will it be no Mercy's coming out party? The next title fight is the co-main event and it is an immediate rematch as well between the now champion Alexander the Great Volkanovsky and the former champion Max Blessed Holloway to prove it's not a fluke Volkanovsky said that he's going to finish Max this time he specifically asked for this rematch Max didn't which is kind of a reason why I was like, okay, Max, we know that you're a warrior. We know that you're ready to throw down at any moment. But if this is not a fight that you were looking to have, especially in the midst of a pandemic, why do it? Well, we know why he's doing it. He's a warrior. Said that so. He's going to fight anytime, anywhere. He's not going to allow something like a pandemic to be an excuse to keep him from. Now, folks thought that the fight was close. A lot of people gave rounds four and five to Holloway. I didn't. I gave him five, but I didn't give him four. And Volkanovski's coach, Eugene Berryman, as well as Volkanovski, they thought differently. They didn't really see it as close, which put a chip on Volkanovski's shoulder. I mean, it really has, uh, it's causing to be real salty and you can hear it in nearly every interview or opportunity where a camera's around and he's just kind of talking he's like yeah you know and max keeps saying that he thinks he won the fight and, i don't understand that i don't get that he didn't win the fight i don't know how he could think he won the fight when i was beating him like that it's showing that not only is it a chip to me it seems like it's bothering him that max could think such a thing Baron said it was an exhausting camp last time and that's why he didn't want the immediate rematch. He wanted some time to kind of think about someone else and and let that go, but here they are back at it again. Will this be something that pushes Volkanovsky to great heights or will he be complacent because he knows I beat him the first time. I don't really need to do much different. Now, Max says that the first time he saw his coaches was at the airport. He's been doing everything through Zoom. Mm-hmm. That could be true. That could not be true. He also said that magicians never show their tricks. That makes me think this is a ruse. What he really needed to do was talk to the Sarah Longo team so that he could take a page out of their playbook and improve checking leg kicks is why man historically made the best adjustment between fights doing that leg kicks were a key weapon of volkanovsky's in the first fight max found success going to the body in round five will he try that again will he try to do that earlier? those are the questions alex shot in multiple times during that fight but he never took max down does he just abandon that so he can conserve energy now, history favors Volkanovski, which may be the reason why he asked for the fight. Champions before him like Wyman, Namajunas, and Holloway all won their immediate rematches. Will the tables be turned by the blessed express, or are we now in the great era? Now, the main event for this card, woo man, has me so excited. We've got Nigel, stand up. That's right. The Nigerian nightmare. Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Dean Usman. Versus Jorge Gamebread Masvidal. And there are so many moving pieces to this fight and this story, which is what makes this matchup so exciting. Dana has been pushing for this fight all year long. After Jorge secured the BMF title and Usman beat Covington, Dana has been angling for this fight. He sent both of them to the Super Bowl. And I don't know if you remember the Super Bowl scuffle or not. Not the Super Bowl shuffle, but the Super Bowl scuffle that took place on press row. I mean, everything was built. It was like, oh, yeah, want to see this fight. They're going back and forth. It's like, ah, oh, they, they got to fight. They got to fight. They got to fight. And then... The negotiations broke down. So, when Gilbert Burns, teammate of Kamaru Usman, beat former champion Tyron Woodley, Burns became the number one contender. It's like, I go from six to one by beating one person. Did he do so dominantly? Yes. Yes, he did. But how are you number one? You're number one because Dana wanted to use you as a negotiation piece was using that low ball Jorge. But Jorge is a star. And Monday, July 6th was a year to the date of the star-making performance where Masvidal got the fastest knockout in UFC history of a Ben Askren. He then took the fight on six days notice. Had to cut about 20 pounds in his hotel room. He's looking to get that done, and he's ready to get that done. Now, he said that he has not been training for the fight but Dustin Poirier let the cat out of the bag and said that Jorge was his main training partner for his fight which took place just two weeks ago he also talked about some of the wrestlers the best wrestlers in the nation that Jorge brought in to prepare him for the fight even though the fight hadn't been signed a key component to the recent success that Jorge has had as has been his head coach, former WEC featherweight champ, Mike Brown. Brown tested positive for COVID-19, though. So he's not in Abu Dhabi. How does that impact Game GameBread? His absence, him not being there. Masvidal said that he's in shape, but he's not in fight shape. He may be saying all that, though, to gain a mental advantage. And called out Usman recently saying, you're mentally weak. Ben Askren said that all this stuff guy talk is really phony by the ship, which is why Jorge made that statement. The whole time, the Nigerian Nightmare has been training, he's been training to face Gilbert Burns, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt who has improving hands, who he's seen mature in his game, and Burns equally saw Usman's game maturing because they train together. That's who he has been focused on. The fight was made with Burns and that caused Usman to leave Sanford MMA and the team and the coaching staff that he's had from the very beginning. What does training with Trevor Whitman and sparring with Gagey do for his game? How much can be picked up within one camp? With that also being said this is his first camp away from home away from his daughter he'll have a new voice leading him in the corner Henry Hoof wasn't going he wouldn't hold pass for anybody he wouldn't do anything he was just like look just let me know when it's over let me know who won and then we'll move on from there because we're all family he's really been hands off in this situation again how does all that impact the champion game bread means that you're fit to compete game bread my is making himself fit to compete saying look i'm ready to go anytime anywhere and he really has nothing to lose if he loses it was only on six days notice if he wins he does this phenomenal feat that was only on six days notice whereas usman yeah he's got a six day notice thing as well but because he's had a full-fledged training camp like well you should be in check you should be ready yeah but I was preparing for a totally different kind of fight Usman has so much to lose he's never lost in the UFC but how does that style switch impact him more importantly how does the on again off again nature of the fight impact him Burns test was positive it took them a while to get it but Jorge's that came back real quick Is the UFC playing games? What's going on? Usman was on his way back home to Florida. Stopped off in Dallas where his parents live, to pick up his daughter. Started eating and eating well even before he got to Dallas. In Vegas, was eating real good. And then he's told, it's time for the fight. When you start eating and stuff, you're not thinking about fighting anymore. Is he going to be able to turn that back on? still not sure this whole time even as he's trying to get his mind wrapped back around this will Jorge pass all the tests will Jorge make the win Rashad Evans who is a mentor to Usman a man that Usman lived with for some years said that the biggest obstacle he'll have to overcome are these mental obstacles and he doesn't know if he's able to do that Masvidal has a great, great level of dislike for Usman. Though the champ said it's all business now. Will he get drawn into a firefight to prove he's had hands? He went from saying, oh, I'm going to rag doll him in interviews to another one saying, I'm going to bless him with my hands all fight long. Which one is it? Because you can't do both. The nightmare seems to be putting on for the cameras to me. And that's not a good thing. The last vaunted striker that Usman faced, though, was Tyron Woodley, and he completely shut him out. Tyron is a D1 All-American wrestler, but he could not hang with the grappling aspect of the game that Usman brought. Now Kamaru is facing another ATT striker, but one without the grappling pedigree. Will it be much different? Is he able just to implement that same strategy against Masvidal? This is Shades of Diaz McGregor at UFC 196, as well as Rockhold Bisping at UFC 199. Will this be another legendary fight where the fill-in cements their start? We'll find out when the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock fight fans thanks so much for tuning in this has been episode 128 of the mtmv main card sports fans rejoice It's my team and my voice until next time it's your man the myth the legend the voice host of the mtmv main card fight the good fight i'm sounding